Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. As far as last night, as far as last night, that was something else last night. Like something other than a pro football game. Like, in a way, I want to call it a real barn burner. In that watching it made me want to burn down a barn. It made me want to burn down my own house. It made me want to set myself on fire. I tweeted it, and not for effect. I tweeted it because I believed it. It was literally the worst football game I have ever seen. And just when we thought it was over, of course, it wasn't over. The overtime was not what I would normally term free football. In fact, it was the most expensive football ever. It cost me my damn sanity. Seriously. The hell did we all just watch? The hell is going on with Russell Wilson? This dude has gone from a franchise QB to a future Colts QB in five weeks. He's gone from let Russ finally cook to Russ burns down the damn house in like a month. If you thought Jared Goff, out playing Matthew Stafford this season, so far was crazy, how about Geno Smith being a top five QB and Russell Wilson setting the entire sport back 50 years? Geno and Russ don't even look like they're playing the same game right now. They don't even like they're, look like they're playing the same sport right now. Now, I'm not looking to pile on Russ. I just have to pile on Russ. I mean, we are talking about a dude who forced his way out of Seattle, forced his way away from that gum-murdering speed talker, and then signed a contract worth 245 mil. You see, there is an expectation attached to that, and that expectation is you are not to be serial ass. Serial ass? You think that's over the top? Check out this stat. Russ was 2 of 15 with two INTs on throws of 10 or more yards last night. I guess that's what a quarter of a bill gets you these days. And the two INTs weren't just brutal. But they're as ugly as any you're ever going to see. Chad Henney cannot believe how hideous those picks were. And they completely effed up the entire game. I mean, who doesn't love seeing... A $250 million quarterback chucking up arm punts in the fourth quarter. Wilson throws off balance, picked off at the four-yard line. Rodney Thomas has made a couple of really nice plays tonight. And another one here, and he finally gets tripped up as he approaches the 40-yard line. Listen, man, I, Russell Wilson is a talented quarterback. We know that. He looks left to Cortland Sutton. And then, without even looking, throws the ball up into coverage. Prime on the coverage. I mean, you want to talk about out-arming the coverage. It's exactly what that guy did. Straight up hideous. But then again, nothing compared to the second pick when the game was effectively over. You get two minutes left. The Colts had burned all their timeouts. All you have to do is run it. Kick it, go up six, get us paid, end the game, and then it's done. Then it's over. A six-point lead, 
a six-point lead last night may as well have been a 600-point lead. Nobody was scoring a touchdown in that crap fest. Not even if lives depended on it. If the fate of the entire universe depended on one of these clown show offenses getting into the end zone, then none of us would be here this morning. It was never going to happen. Yet somehow, this is what actually did happen. Wilson to the end zone, and it's intercepted by Gilmore. Oh, man. I mean, this is one of those, you got to be kidding me. Intended for Tyree Cleveland, the guy they haven't even targeted one time tonight. And here comes Ryan with a chance to do something and get at least a, a tie if he can move yeah, down the field. The I mean, what are we even doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? What am I here for? That has to be, what are we doing here? Hey, Russ, what are we doing here? Like, what the hell are we doing here, Russ? That's got, what are we doing here, Russ? Answer me. What are we doing here, Russ? That, that, like, what am I doing here? What am I here for? You know what I'm here for? I'll tell you what I'm here for. One of the single dumbest passes I've ever seen. This entire game has to be one of the single dumbest games I've ever seen. Like, what are we doing here? What am I even here for? Yeah, and you know what? Don't even take it from me. Take it from the people who were there. Everybody in the world was thinking the exact same thing when this pitiful slop fest went to overtime. And that very thing that every last person watching was thinking was, No! (laughs) The mass exodus of Bronco fans before overtime. Overtime would suggest the game was still tied. It was not over. It was not done. Bronco fans were leaving in mass exodus before the overtime even started. That tells you everything you need to know about this game. Anyway. (laughs) They're leaving. The Broncos fans are bailing. They've had enough. It's 9-9. They're like, the heck with it. I'm out. Yep. I'm out of here. Like, it's one thing for Dodger fan to arrive early, or I should say late, then leave early. Another thing for Bronco fan to chant out the game clock. That was hilarious. They were leaving before overtime even started. Like, I've never seen anything like that in the NFL, especially from great fans. Great diehard fans like the ones you have in Denver. That's how pissed they were. That's how angry they were, and understandably so. These fans got free primetime football, and they're like, nah, nah, you can have it. We're good. You can keep it. In fact, not only do I not want your free primetime football, I want my damn money back. Where do I go to get my refund? In fact, a refund's not enough. I may sue for emotional distress of having to sit through the first four quarters. I would rather go find a bridge and drive off it, then watch another second of this nonsense. What the heck with it? I'm out. And then how about my guy Richard Sherman? Just absolutely tripping, freaking out at the postgame desk about that pick. Dude was having Super Bowl flashbacks. It's like his brain completely shut down. You need one yard. Run the ball. What? What? Run the ball. Hey, CT. He's triggered. All he has to do 
is run the football. Like, <laughs> necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang, run the dang ball. Like, learn from your mistakes. If I didn't know any better, if I didn't know any better, I mean, first of all, Sherm is great. Sherm is awesome. I love this guy. I always love this guy. And I love this guy more now than I loved him before. But if I didn't know any better, it seems like he might even have an issue with Russ. But God dang, run the dang ball. Run the dang ball, man. The only good thing the Denver offense did last night was not go for the tie at the end of OT. Of course, they jacked that up completely, too. They're going to be talking about this one, whether he's successful or not. Fourth and one, rather than kicking the game-tying field goal, Hackett's going for the win. Tie snap, Wilson drops back, looking, looking, fires end zone, batted down and incomplete. Intended for Sutton, it's batted down by Gilmore, and the Indianapolis Colts are going to win it here in Denver. Westwood won. I mean, the dude had K.J. Hamler, my man, wide ass open on that play, wide ass open, all alone, running into the end zone. As K.J. told NFL Network's James Palmer after the game, I could have walked in, end of quote. So one terrible play to one to end one absolutely horrific game. Nobody has ever deserved to lose a game more than the Broncos deserved to lose that game last night. But at the same time, nobody has ever deserved to win a game less than the Colts. You know that whole thing about, yeah, we're not throwing it back. You should. You should. Nobody ever likes or wants a tie, but neither of these teams had any right winning that football game. It was just an all-around horrible game. The worst game ever. And, of course, the cherry on top of this crap Sunday was Russ at the postgame podium forcing in the single saddest, weakest, cringiest Broncos country. Let's ride. Yet. There's a lot of great guys in that locker room that work their butts off every day. Um, And and just to have the opportunity to help lead them, even though I didn't get to do it tonight the the right way I wanted to and the way I know how to, um, you know, I'm grateful for them battling. Every moment, every play, and they kept believing to the last play. And um, that belief is a, is a powerful thing. And uh, that's what I'm going to keep believing in. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. He, no, he did not. You talk about forcing one in there. You talk about forcing one into, like, quadruple coverage. Him forcing Broncos, Broncos country. I'm trying. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. An egg is the most versatile grill you will ever own. You can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. No joke. Try a pizza on the egg. It is incredible. Stop wasting money on grills that you replace every few years. We've all been there and done that. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg, a ceramic marvel backed by a lifetime warranty. It is simple to light, easy to use, and it works without a power source. There's no need to plug it in. With the playoffs and holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. It also makes an amazing gift, and they have two models that are perfect for tailgating. 
The best part is you can have it delivered to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. You heard me. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com and have it sent to your house for free. That's BigGreenEgg.com, and you will thank me later. That's right. Try to force that in there worse than you try to force in that pass at the end of the game when the legend K.J. Handler was wide-ass open. How pissed is MC Kitty? What I would give for her to track that. Drop a track on that. That's right. I cannot believe he tried to force that in there at the end of that. Broncos country. Let's ride. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. Dude, you did not Broncos country. Let's ride at the end of that, Russ. There's no way that just happened. You had the human joystick wide ass open. Boo was wide ass open. Come on, Alvy, give me some. Get it, MC Kitty. I need something to pick me up. I want to know what mama. I want to know what mama's thinking. Drop a track on that, mama. Hit me with a few rhymes on that, mama. She's so pissed. I'm almost as pissed as she is, but I do not have that kind of game. I can't do what she can do. Listen to her. Get it, mama. Thanks, Alvy. He Russ did not jam in a Broncos country let's ride at the end of the worst game ever. Broncos country let's hide. Broncos country, let's cry. Broncos country, time to die! Time to die! You want to talk about cringe? Unbelievable. You know how Tyreek Hill is absolutely amazing right now during the game, but yet better afterwards when he gets with the media? Russ is the complete opposite. However, however, Coach Ritt and Matt Ryan should be penning thank you notes to the Danger Witch this morning because these two dudes are totally skating, especially Matt Ryan. Holy crap, is this dude faded? Is this dude washed? Is this dude cooked? It's straight up miraculous that the Colts won that game. I have no idea how they won that game. How many different times did they lose that game? They could barely move the ball an inch all night long. How did they win that game? Matt Ryan threw it 41 times and gained 200 yards. And he fumbled two more times, which gives him 11 fumbles through five games. And if that sounds like a lot, it's because it's the most any player has fumbled through five games since the merger. I mean, that's a bad stat. Matty Ice, Matty Lice. I, 11 fumbles through five games. Oh, and two picks to boot. It's two for me. That game last night ruined my night. It ruined my week. It ruined the open this morning. It is the absolute worst. And you know what? In 10 days, we all get the pleasure of watching Nate Ritt 
and Russ's train wreck in prime time all over again. Yes, it is a real thing. The Broncos are here in SoCal and SoFi for Monday Night Football in Week 6. I would rather have my impacted wisdom teeth yanked again along with a root canal that same night and have to sit through another few hours of Bronco country bullcrap in prime time. That's right. How would you like to be Bronco's ownership right about now? The front office and ownership. The new owners have got to be like, let me get this straight. We paid 4.65 bill with a B, billion for this. The Walton Penner Group probably sounds like Bill Walton himself. They're probably up there like, terrible, horrible. This is a game played by men for the ultimate prize. Why don't we talk about the ultimate horse for a minute? How do you think John Elway must feel? Maybe you should have thrown in more players and more draft picks and a little more capital for Aaron Rodgers. Eh, John? Thank you to John Elway. I mean, not to get too far off the beaten path, but you know horses. I know horses. They can get pretty enraged, especially thoroughbreds. I've been around some thoroughbreds that are really sweet, and I've been around some thoroughbreds that are mean as hell. And when they're pissed, they can start bucking and biting, and the horse kick can kill. I've been, I've never been kicked by a horse, but I've seen horses kick other horses. I've seen dudes get kicked by horses. It's tough, and I know these things because I'm in that business. The kicking force is estimated to be at about 2,000 PSI. I used to hang around Shared Belief, man. That was a mean little dude. Badass horse, coolest horse ever. But we're talking about an average speed when they get the bucking of 200 miles per hour in one of the hooves. My point is, I hope that John did not make his way down the elevator, gallop across the field, and over to the home locker room. Because when you get ahead of steam like that and John starts a bucking, no one is safe. That locker room must have been... Totally trashed. Mm. Totally trashed. Total mayhem. Mm. I'm just hoping all the players were safe until he calmed down. Man, that was some kind of crappy game. It put me in a bad mood. I, I know you come to me for me to lift you up and make you feel better. I can't. Who was there last night to lift me up and make me feel better? Nobody. Not the Broncos. Not the Colts. And I think I really am more offended. I think I'm more offended than the way Russ played. Never mind what they gave up to get him and what they committed to him and then the crap that he laid on the field last night. I think I'm more offended than him getting up in front of the press at the end and sliding in that Broncos country. Let's still ride. Broncos country. That's right. Wow, bro. I mean, Russ, you're smart, dude. You're cringy, but you're smart. You, how do you not know better? There's no way you force that in at the end of that night. Broncos country. That's right. It was cringy when you got there before you had played one down, before you'd even been to practice. That was cringy enough. 
but you're going to jam that in there after jamming that crap sando down our throat all night long? That is incredible. And, and Matt Ryan, dude, I know you're, and I know why you were so happy at the end of that game. Because that was one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play, and you won. No wonder you were so happy. Where would they be sitting if they lost that game? And I just I cannot get over how horrible that game was. That was an actual NFL game. I'm sure Amazon Prime is very happy with the amount of money they spent for that crap fest. And I'm sure the Broncos are very happy with the amount of money they're committing to Russ. And I'm sure the Walton family is very happy with the amount of money they committed to the Broncos. To quote Bill Walton, unrelated. That's terrible. Horrible. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So, this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out? rough beef in a bag nobody it's like eating a shoe old trapper though is the real deal and it comes in four amazing flavors old-fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness teriyaki peppered and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch so next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime anywhere grab some old trapper beef jerky look for old trapper in the clearview bag that way you can see exactly what you're buying look for it in major retail stores near you if you don't see it clones ask for it by name because no other jerky compares old trapper what is your beef author of junior sale the life and death of a football icon i've got a few moments with jim trotter my man jim what's up how you doing jim Romy, I'm great, man. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Sorry about that phone mishap. Great to have you for a few minutes. Hey, Jim, I understand that Russ Wilson is in a new situation. I understand we're five games into this new situation. He looks nothing like himself, Jim. What exactly is his deal? What has happened to this guy? I think it's a couple of things, in my opinion, Romy. I think right now you can look at, um, I think his confidence is shaken. I think number two, Look, he's in a new situation where it was what he wanted, what he asked for, the team he chose, and there was a lot of talk about what they were going to be able to do, et cetera, and it hasn't panned out that way, and now he's got to answer for it. The thing I see um, is that people now, at least on a national stage, are seeing some of the things that we saw last year, or I'll speak for myself, that I saw last year, and that's that Russell isn't necessarily seeing the field very well, and he's not going through his read progressions as well as you would expect of someone of his stature. Um, there were times last year in certain games where he missed throws. He didn't see the open receiver. And I don't know if he had predetermined where he was going to go with the ball or if he just didn't see him. But there were plays to be made that he didn't make. And last night, um, particularly on the fourth – or I'm sorry, at the goal line there, the fourth down play – it was another one of those situations where he had a wide receiver wide open on the right and he never looked at him, never saw him. So I just think that, that the pressure of the situation that he is in, that he wanted and, and he had built up, is not panning out the way that he wanted. And I think the other thing that's happening here too, Romeo, is that he's got a first-year head coach who 
I'm not so sure wants to challenge him on certain things the way that Pete Carroll did. As we saw in week one, everyone said, you got this new quarterback, 240-plus million, and you take the ball out of his hands at the end of that game. And so what does Nathaniel Hackett do this time? He says, I'm going to put it in the hands of rest. And what happened? It didn't work out. So there's a lot of, lot of things at play in this situation, in my opinion, and it's going to take time to work out if it works out at all. I was going to say, if it works out at all, Jim Trotter breaking that down nicely for us. So, Jim, let me ask you, it's been eight days since Tua went down with that horrific injury in Cincinnati, suffered the concussion. The league and the Players Association are conducting an investigation surrounding those events leading up to that game and reportedly interviewed Tua on Tuesday. Do you have any sense of when we're going to see the findings of this investigation and what's going to happen? Yeah, I think it's going to be sooner than later, Romy, because there's been so much focus on this. And now, to me, this is what should have been done initially. Everything seems to have been expedited. I've never understood why the league says it takes two or three weeks to do an investigation on something like this. All of these people are employed by the NFL um, in one form or another, whether it's as a consultant or an actual NFL employee. And therefore, if Roger Goodell or the league says, look, we want to talk to you today, That person, you would think, would say, okay, the boss wants to talk to me today. I'm making myself available. So I've never understood why it takes this long to go through a process like this when we're talking about um, a medical situation where you want to talk to the folks involved. With all of the focus on it and what we have seen, my expectation is that we will get a a resolution um, sooner than later, and and I wouldn't be surprised if it's within um, the next week. So, Jim, one more thought. You've written, obviously, extensively on Junior Sale, the late Junior Sale. From what you've learned about CTE in writing on him, what was your reaction to Joe Burrow's comments this week on a podcast admitting that he already had in-game memory loss from taking a shot to the head and calling it, quote, part of what we signed up for? I wasn't surprised at all, Romy. The fact is, it, it kind of surprised me that people reacted to it the way that they did. If you've been listening over the years, What players will tell you and what they have told me, and I've said this repeatedly, is they know the risk now that they sign up for. And even players who didn't know the risk, meaning retired players, when I asked them, if you knew uh, then what you know today, would you still play? And almost to a man, every one of them has said, yes, I would play, either because they love the game or because it was an opportunity to create generational wealth for their families. So, Um, What Joe Burrow said is right. The players know the risk, and yet they still go out and play either because, A, they love the game, B, it's a chance to create financial or generational wealth for their family, or C, both of the above. And the other thing here, Romy, is, look, one of the reasons players don't come forward sometimes on some of these things is that they are afraid of losing their job. And I go back to Alex Smith in San Francisco where he was completely transparent when he suffered a concussion about his feelings, what he was feeling, what he was going through and whatnot. And that opened the door for Colin Kaepernick to come in and play and then to play the following week as a starter. And Alex Smith never got his job back. So when we talk about players, um, do they take that into account? Yes, they do in terms of if they come forward and they're not on the field, that someone may be there to take their job and they get Wally Pitts and never get back out on the field. Mm, he's a reporter for NFL Media, a Hall of Fame voter, author of Junior Sale, The Life and Death of a Football Icon. He is Jim Trotter. Jim, thanks a million. I know you've got another hit that you've got to get to. I really appreciate the time, though, Jim. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Romy. So I've got a quick question for you. Do you feel like your anti-perspirant keeps you dry all day long? 
Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. I said it, 48 hours. It's incredible. And on top of that, Dove Men Dry Spray feels light, and it's clean on your skin, and it's quick, and it's easy to use, especially when you are on the go. And Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. You know you got to have that. You have to moisturize. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect your skin as well. Truly, take advantage of that. You've got to moisturize. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. Now, remember yesterday, if you were listening, you know this, and if not, let me reset. We talked at length yesterday about that Draymond Green, Jordan Poole practice altercation. And remember yesterday, I gave you my thoughts on that without having seen any videotape. And, of course, I was not there to see what happened, and I did not talk to anybody on the inside. I was just basing my reaction to what had been reported. And what my thoughts were, they essentially boiled down to this. Whatever it was that Draymond did was not okay. Because there was some forcefully struck teammate. So whatever happened, I already knew something was not right. So what he did, I wasn't exactly sure what he did, but I knew that it was not okay. I also made the point Unless something was broken, broken face, broken nose, broken jaw, broken teeth, broken arm, broken leg, broken junk, unless something was broken, that that was also part of the Draymond experience for better or for worse. And then I made the point again, and I was emphatic about this. I need to see more. I need to see video. I need to know more. I need to see more. I can't say more until I have more information. Well, this morning, we have more information. This morning, I have seen more. Clearly, there is a leaker in the Warriors facility. There is a mole in the tape room. There is somebody there that's not happy with Draymond. There's somebody there who's not happy with the entire thing. That's not good for him. Video always changes everything. Think of any story. Ray Rice, this, anything. Video changes everything, and I'm going to argue this video is going to change this dramatically as well because TMZ, of course, got their hands on the practice footage, and they published it this morning, and yes, quote, forcibly or forcefully struck turns out to be every bit as bad as it sounded the first time we heard it. In fact, it's even worse because if you see the video, Draymond Caught pool clean. Landed a freaking haymaker. Whoever brought up Kermit Washington and Rudy T yesterday was not that far off. Which is pretty bad. And pretty scary. And not unfair. You know, essentially you cannot go around cold cocking your teammates. A teammate that you have two inches and 40 pounds on. Now, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened before. I'm saying it can't happen. There's holding guys accountable. There's meeting a certain standard, but that's not what that was. That's just toxic. That's not leadership either. 
And if you want to call that leadership, that is toxic leadership or leadership by bullying. That's not good. Now they've got a real issue that they're going to have to work out. You know, it's kind of funny to say, yeah, but didn't Michael Jordan punch Steve Kerr back in the day? Yes, he did. And I'm not really sure how that played out in that locker room, the dynamics there. I would argue that as much as I love Draymond, and I am Team Draymond, Draymond's not Mike. And I wouldn't even condone Mike punching Steve Kerr in the face. I wasn't there for that. But now they've got a real issue. I'm going to argue without being there that they had a real issue anyway. Without knowing what happened, they knew what happened. You had Draymond turning the lights out of a smaller teammate. They already had a real issue. And now it's an even bigger issue because there is videotape and we've all seen it. So now they do have adversity and now they do have something really significant they're going to have to work through because that should have never happened in the first place. Like, I don't know what's going on between the two of them. I don't know what Jordan Poole said to Draymond or what Draymond said to Poole. I know that Draymond reacted to Poole pushing him. But as much as I love Draymond, this dude, by virtue of who he is and the leader that he is purported to be, and even if he did get pushed, cannot be breaking a teammate's face. That's not leading from the front. That's not making Poole a better player. That's not upholding the standard. That's not enforcing the culture. That's punching your teammate in the face. A smaller teammate at that. That doesn't make them all better. That just gave them something else and something new and a major piece of adversity that they're going to have to work through. Like, again, I'm not in that room. And I understand there's a dynamic that exists. But how are you going to make that work? I mean, for all I know, he knocked that guy out cold. It looked that bad. So I don't know the inner dynamics of that crew. But what I'm going to say, generally, punching your teammate in the face and putting him to sleep does not have a galvanizing effect on a team. I don't think that when they get to the end of the season and they're in the heat of June and they're in a tough playoff race or a series— And they're at the end of a game. They're all going to think, man, you know what really brought this group together? That time Draymond knocked Jordan Poole the hell out. I don't think that's how that works. Now, you know me. I'm Team Draymond. I literally always have been. Dating back to his days at Michigan State. He and I first started talking when he was at Michigan State. I have always had his back. When he took so much heat for the things he said and done. I was always the one guy going, yeah, but, yeah, but, Draymond this. Draymond has a certain way of doing things and playing and leading and inspiring and motivating. So I've always been Team Draymond. But I'm not Team Break Your Teammate's Face. And injuries, they are a part of the game, but not when they're a result of a bigger teammate breaking your teammate's face. Like, imagine if that actually happened. What if he had a broken face? What if he had a broken jaw? What if he had a broken nose? What if they had to wire this guy's jaw shut? Like, I have no idea what their beef is, and I am pro-Draymond. 
but cold cocking a teammate does not fall under all those things that Clay Thompson laid out at Media Day about Draymond. All those things that we played yesterday. Remember? You heard the audio. This is not about how Draymond is going to push his teammates hard. Draymond is going to hold his teammates to a higher standard. They have to know that. And if they can't deal with that, they probably can't be a Golden State Warrior. I agree with all that, but that's not what this is. Him clocking Jordan Poole does not fall under that same umbrella. That can't happen. So what I'm saying to you is now that I have seen the video, I can say that's not a part of that, quote, bylaw that Clay was talking about when you play with Draymond. And the video, as always, changes everything. If you haven't seen it, here's the brief play-by-play. Poole and Draymond are jawing back and forth. They're spaced apart. Everything looks all right. Like, maybe it's going to be all right. But then Draymond starts to make his way over to Poole, invades his personal space, gets right in his face, and starts to lean on him. You know, Draymond intimidation tactics, obviously. Poole shoves him, and then Draymond lets the big right hand go and knocked him down. And again, I don't know if he was out cold or not. You can't really tell from the clip, but knocked him the hell down. And if you were to tell me the Poole was out cold, that would not have surprised me at all because Draymond smoked this cat. So it's bad. It's bad. And if you want to say, yeah, well, Jordan Poole has had a bad attitude. And Draymond had to set him straight. Jordan Poole's got a bad attitude because of his contractual situation. Steph Curry, who's been through every battle and every war and every tough series with Draymond, Steph made it very clear that none of that's true. That's not what that was about. Steph said, quote, there is nothing. Because there was a report that Jordan Poole was having a bad attitude and was carrying himself a certain way. Steph said, that is not true. Quote, there is nothing that warranted the situation. There's a specific tweet that was put out yesterday about insinuating that JP's attitude or something has changed since he's been in this training camp or even, you know, whatever time window they're talking about. It's absolute BS. Andre addressed it yesterday with his tweet. You kind of leave it at that. JP's been great. There's nothing that warranted the situation yesterday. And make that clear. But it's also something that we feel like will not derail our our season and what we're trying to build. And that's with Draymond, you know, as a part of that. So the rest of it, part when speculation becomes opinion and turns into borderline fact of like what actually happened. So uh, I hate that that became kind of a part of the narrative, which it's not fair to JP. All right. So I think that's really important. That that's not what that is. The other thing is, I don't know that it derails their season. I don't know that the two of them can't coexist, although I wonder how they coexist. You know, if, if Jordan Poole did go to sleep, when he wakes up, how does that work? You know, there's certain things that are pretty tough to apologize for. Like, sorry I knocked your ass out during practice. I don't know the dynamic because I'm not within that locker room, but it seems to me that was their worst nightmare, right? Aside from Draymond knocking out a teammate, their worst nightmare is there is video and it leaks. Because otherwise, they can button that thing up, circle the wagons, it doesn't get out, and nobody except those who were there know what happened. But it got out. And what does that tell you? 
That tells you something else. Notice it wasn't one of those, hey, everybody, delete everything on your phone. Hey, everybody, this stays here. Hey, everybody, we're all on the same page. Or, hey, everybody, I don't need to say this, but you make damn sure that doesn't get out. And then it did, which leads me to believe they're not all on the same page. Not everybody's happy with Draymond. It's not good that it leaked, right? Somebody internally is not happy with Draymond or the situation, and now it's out there. So if they were looking to move past it, and they're still looking to move past it, that just got a lot tougher to do. Because now you've got your smoking gun. Now you have your video evidence. As I said, the video changes everything. It always does. It's so much worse with the video. So now you've got that smoking gun, and it turns the heat up about 1,000 degrees on everybody's ass. And now it makes it even more likely that whatever discipline the team was going to hit him with might be even worse now. And again, the fact that the video even dropped is bad. Bad for everybody and certainly bad for Draymond. Somebody wanted that video out there. Like TMZ did not bug the facility. Somebody got them that video. So it makes everything worse. My thing with Draymond is this. The good has always outweighed the bad. Always. Always. But there is absolutely nothing good about that. Nothing good about that. And I don't know what precipitated it. I don't know what was said. But in this case, I don't think I need to know. There's nothing good about that. That video made it worse. What are your thoughts? And obviously, people who didn't like him already are going to be coming for him. And the optics are bad, too. He's bigger, stronger. I don't know. In terms of, quote, reasons to go, if you're going to make that argument that, yeah, well, he pushed him. Yeah, well, Draymond knocked him the hell out and their teammates. And they got to coexist. I don't think that's going to bring the locker room together. I'm not saying they can't get through it. I think Bob Myers said it best. Bob Myers said, hey, listen, this is not good. It's not something you'd hope for. I wish it didn't happen. Draymond is a good person, but Draymond knows that was not a good thing. Things happen. It's sports. It's the NBA. But you can tell Bob Myers was like, this is not good. This is not good. It is what it is. Now we have to deal with it. But it's not good, and it should not have happened. That's my interpretation of what Bob said. I don't want to put words into his mouth. But that's true, right? It should not have happened. It didn't have to happen. I I just wonder how you classify that leaked video. Does that qualify as new media or old media? I don't know, man. You know what I hate? I hate being in my position. I've done this so long. Because I'm a Draymond guy. I, I, I am. I am. And I've never, ever been apologetic for it. I'm a Draymond guy. I've always liked Draymond. But part of being a Draymond guy is I also have the Draymond experience. And Draymond says and does things that he shouldn't say or do sometimes. And then being a Draymond guy, I've got to say, Draymond, is that new or old media? Always expect the unexpected. Jordan Poole? I don't know, like... 
We all have a job to do. Uh, his job, I guess, was checking Jordan Poole by punching him in the face. Draymond, my man, my dude, I know you run hot. You can't knock out your teammate. I prefer you not knock anybody out. But unless you are physically threatened or your family is physically threatened, you know all of our universal reasons to go? You're physically threatened. Your race or religion was called into question. Somebody spit in your face. Somebody close to you was threatened. You were fearful of your life. All these things are good reasons to go. I, a smaller teammate pushing you in the chest, I don't think is. So we'll see. It does not look good. Did you know that a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds? October is Fire Prevention Month, and we have teamed up once again with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety to help protect your entire home with safety that you know you can trust. Smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. Having enough First Alert smoking carbon monoxide alarms is one of the very best things that you can do for your home and your family. So install alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Then, once the alarms are installed, it is important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Remember, alarms do not last forever, and they do need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you can't remember the last time you replaced your alarm, it is best to replace the unit completely. And along with alarms, fire extinguishers are essential. Make sure to place fire extinguishers on every level and in common spaces like the kitchen, and be sure you know how to use them. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at the home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash fire prevention month. Is this an emergency? Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a great weekend. Nice to be here. What's cracking? How you doing? I had a long weekend. I was in Madison, Wisconsin. I've got a recap on that and I am back. What's going on? Let's start with the NFL. No matter how many times we see it, watching Mahomes do bleep like he did last night never ever gets old. Yeah! Mahomes stops, spins, flips it forward for the touchdown to Edwards Hilaire. Stop it. He doesn't just look like a dad playing in the park with kids. He looks like Godzilla stomping around the stadium. The Houdini of our era, man. In rough weeks, rough. I'm not going to be honest. This has looked like a completely different football team since that dude took over at quarterback. How different? So different. We're talking about Big Fat Mike as a Coach of the Year candidate. <laughs> Didn't that tell you all you need to know? Tom Pelissero is my guest. Thanks for having me, Jim, and sorry that I dipped out last hour. I had two different people calling me at the same time about Javante Williams tearing his ACL. This is kind of, unfortunately, how these Mondays go. How devastating is that for that team? That's a massive deal. We're all human. It's just a restroom break. No worries, DK. When the great equalizer calls. Diarrhea doesn't care who the hell you are. Even if you're DK Metcalf. We have a blue tent on the field. Why don't we just have a brown tent? Pop that bad boy up. Back up to you on the uh, broadcast booth. We'll update you on DK when we know more. Fighting Illini get their first win. The plan was to go to Madison and see our son Jake, who goes to school there. Not to go to Madison and get Badger head football coach Paul Christ fired. Turns out I did both. Borderline erotic. Seeing what I saw that day, they weren't wrong to do so. Andy Staples. This gives Jim Leonard a chance to say, hey, look, 
I can make this right. I can continue doing what we do at Wisconsin and get it back to where it was a few years ago. So I was like, oh, Jim Rome's in town. I knew you were going. And my cousin telling me that Jim Rome's upstairs. Emailed. And then I tailed your Uber when you went to the restaurant. And then I could see you sleeping when I was watching you through your hotel window. Oh, he's going to fake it and keep it. And why not? I mean, oh, and then a late hit. That was an amazing thing. Douse him in Gatorade, carry him off the field, you know, blow out. Crookshank is the one that... Jamie Chadwell joins me once again. Jamie, did any of those wins, any of those wins surprise you at all? There was some shock in those wins. It's a pick six of Stafford. There are Super Bowl hangovers and there's whatever's going on with Matthew Gofford. Stafford's playing like he's still up there on that parade stage watching that photog take that ugly fall and doing nothing about it. Me and my family went to Orchard Park. Uh, my man Terry. But did you say your man Terry lost his vision? But did what? He took care of security. My man Terry. Terry? Terry? In the divorce, does Giselle get half of Tom's face. Can you imagine customs stopping them at the airport? Do they have face-sniffing dogs? Uh-huh, you thought you can get away with that. You thought you could just transport face. You didn't try and hide that in coffee grounds to cover the smell, did you? Kurt Signetti is joining us. Are you reminding your players to beware the rat poison? Oh, you know that. Had, I pulled that one out last week, and, uh, you know, you gotta be process-oriented. You gotta be where your feet are. What I'm saying is, can we for once appreciate a dude doing something absolutely miraculous without trying to determine who had a needle hanging from their backside or not back in the day? This is Judgment Day. Have yourself a day, big man. Mike Krzyzewski. Good. I, I didn't know that you had retired coaches on your show, so that that's uh, thank you for looking out for the old guy. Diablo Sweeney joining us. I've never, I don't I don't know what fantasy football is. I don't understand it. I was giving him a hard time because I need some points for Travis Etienne. He's killing me. I need some points. My beef is with my husband. He can't remember our anniversary date, but he can quote verbatim lines from movies 30 years ago. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, my beef. My girlfriend says, why don't you watch it on your phone? Why don't you make me a sandwich? Zipper method. Let me in. I'm not a jerk. Robert in Pearland. Sorry about this. Game on! Game on! Game on! Do you not get punched? See how easy that was, Kelly? Uh, maybe we can uh, bet on this team this week. The Broncos look pretty good. That's how it works, Kelly. Get your ass to the Comrex. I'm here in Detroit. Goff. And how proud he could have been to be Jim Rome's friend. That was actually show generated by some more. Bro, see you now. Stop it. Crookshank. It's Tennessee. The way it is sometimes. Legend. Stalkeringly yours. Always enjoy our conversations. Uh, you are the best in the business. So I say war to Rick and Buffalo. So I say war to Rick and Buffalo. Take this mid-job and shove it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jim. Hey, you stay well, man. Get pinched for a roach in the car. Get pinched for a roach in the car. Definitely viewed the Bengals as a little brother. And All right, I don't want to hear okay. Okay. Case closed. Oh, this country. God dang it, run the dang ball. <laughs> Good night now! All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-636-8686. I want to start in Colorado. Tom in Colorado. Good to have you, Tom. How are you? Hey, um, Jim, there's two types of people in the world, right? There's there's one that when you push them and put their hands on, on you, they, they, push, they push them back. The other one is they just start swinging on you. Like Poole should have known better once he pushed him that, hey, there's a good chance that 
that Draymond's just going to start swinging on me. I understand that Draymond got in his face, but, you know, once Poole put his hands on him, then he should know that there's a real good possibility Draymond's going to punch me right in the face. And, yeah, Draymond's supposed to be a leader in this and that, but when you're in a situation where you're both talking trash to each other and you're getting all hyped up, then stuff like that happens. I don't, I don't blame Draymond. He got hands put on him, so he handled his business. I'm glad, actually, you made that phone call. So that's part of the conversation. Let's talk about this for a minute. All right, I appreciate that, Tom. He just said, I do not blame Draymond. He got hands put on him, so he handled his business. Let's talk about that for a minute. Here we are. Let's go to the phones. Oh, this guy, I'm sure, will help. James, my man, what's going on? Jimmy, my man, and Albie, how's it hanging, brother? Right on, man. Uh, I can't believe I'm on again. This is the second time in the jungle. Uh, Hall of Famer. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Tell a quick little story about me and my family. Went to Orchard Park about 20 years ago, and my man Terry unfortunately lost his vision. But he took care of security, and me and my family got to run the 100-yard dash there on the field in Buffalo. So I say, Ward Rick Buffalo. Now I go to GF. Oh, not you, Jeff. I'm sorry. I mean, Gopper. I'm here in Detroit. Goff. <laughs> not even a come on. Steven in Green Bay. Dude, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Rome? Just for the record, I am not your stalker, dude. I will not be asking you to dress up with me as Raggedy Ann and Andy for Halloween this year. And as you said, I do not have a half-heart necklace to share with you. I was just in the right place at the right time, dude. You know, I've listened to your show for over 15 years, Jim, and I must say, I find it very rich that I am being called a stalker, especially coming from the clones. Didn't Jeff in Laguna rent a helicopter and fly it outside your window like a Delta Bravo version of Romeo and Juliet? Jim Romeo, Jim Romeo, where art thou, Jim Romeo, brah? Didn't Mark in Hollywood move to L.A. just to be closer to you? Mark's like that old dude at the end of the movie, Something About Mary. Hollywood's all like, you just slept with me. And Mark goes, I was only boning you to get to Romy. Oh, and Rome, either could either Chalk or Alvin confirm with you if Parody Larry is on the phone, like right now and always? Do-do-do. Larry's a stalker. So tell me this, clone. If you are out at the bar tonight with your boys and one of them goes, Rome's upstairs. The hell you wouldn't go up there. To any of you who say otherwise, I'm calling bullcrap. And I can only imagine, Rome, how Geoff and Lincoln would have reacted had he been at the same bar with us. Geoff would have peed himself if he ran into you at the bar, Rome. Not because he was drunk, but because he's a submissive male. If you ever happen to run into him at any other weddings you attend, the best thing to do is just bitch slap him really hard. Bad job. Very, very bad. 
and make sure you rub it in his face, dude, because there will definitely be a puddle. I'm not sure you know this, but John Neems actually rededicated his song, Michael's Dad, to G-Off in Lincoln because he felt so bad for him. Yeah, I heard it online. It goes like this. And how proud he could have been to be Jim Rome's friend. Eating dinner at Javier's. And how great it could have felt to be Jim Rome's friend. Hanging out at the wedding bar. Drinking beer after beer. Ah. All right, bro, we get it. You're pissed. You don't like that cup. I don't like that cup. Way to punch back. Good night now!